it's probably one of the reasons that I became a lawyer. So I'm paid to think of the worst case scenarios and then how to solve those worst case scenarios. So it's really not an issue. And so mm -hmm. I approached his retirement just like that. And so while it wasn't completely stress-free, I think the amount of planning we did not only helped him, but I do think that with hockey, and it's something that no one wants to dwell on, but it can be over in a minute. I mean, someone can go to practice and just never be able to play again because of a hit. It's one of the negative sides of the game. And, you know, something that I, I think as us hockey wives and, and players, especially, they don't want to think about because that's a horrible thought, right? But I think having that game plan of, if this happened, we're okay, makes it a little less stressful. And so I think that is why, I guess why I really pushed him to start preparing for his retirement. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, by hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. What's up, you guys? I hope you're having a good week. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited that you're here. Again, if you follow along on Instagram, you know that I'm kind of working on a few things right now. And one of those things is being virtual meetups. So it's going to kind of be like an online workshop where you can sign in on Zoom and meet people in our community. It's really going to be kind of more of like a follow along. We're going to have like different speakers, meditations, maybe a workout or yoga now and then. And I'm, I think I am leaning towards starting it during the hockey season, just having something fun to look forward to once a month where we can log in and just have a really nice time. So it'll either be like in the mornings over coffee or in the evenings over wine. Um, and also, if you can't make it, they'll be recorded and can be sent to you as well if you want to watch them afterwards. So that's kind of a work in progress right now, but I'm excited about it and it seems like you guys are too. I know it's kind of awkward sometimes like having your camera on Zoom talking to people, especially if it's people like you haven't met in person or you're not you're not super comfortable chatting with yet. Um, so you don't even have to have your camera on if you don't feel like it. You can totally turn it off. Just sit there. The retreat is also in the works right now. I found another hockey girl who's an event planner to really help me narrow down like the specifics because organization with things like this is not my strong suit. So I had to bring someone in to help me stay super organized and we're working right now on pinning down a location and a date. So I will keep you guys posted when that happens and obviously keep you in the loop. Um, if you do sign up for the newsletter in my bio, you will be the first to get all of the information about these things when they come out to you. Um, I also have a website that's being made right now. Um, and that will be coming out in the spring and a little bit later in the springtime. So I am looking forward to that. Today on the episode, I have Andrea Hansen joining me and we are talking again about retirement. So Andrea and her husband, they now live in Scottsdale, but they played in a bunch of different leagues, finished their career in the Dell and decided to make Scottsdale their forever home. So throughout their hockey journey, the two of them did several internships, and she talks today on the episode about how 
they really kind of set themselves up for success when retirement did happen. You know, kind of like you heard in the intro, it can be kind of scary to think that it can be over in a blink of an eye, um, especially because a lot of our significant others don't have a lot of other work experience besides hockey. So she does speak to how they really worked to kind of create a resume to help them in the long run. So, you know, she talks about how the off season really isn't an off season. And for me personally, like that was kind of a wake up call because that's how I feel like I treat the off seasons. I'm like, oh, a break from hockey. We can relax. We can have fun. But it was a good reminder to me that, you know, that's kind of like short term thinking. And like, we really need to start thinking about how we can start setting ourselves up for when retirement does happen. Because, you know, I think that we all have a plan. Oh, we'll retire maybe at this time or this time. But really, as we all know, it can happen over one game, over one practice. So this episode was very interesting to me. It definitely made me start thinking about what we need to do to take those steps. Um, we also talk about like financial planning, how to address gaps in your resume. Um, and she just speaks a little bit to her experience and what her and her husband have been doing thus far um, up until this point. <laughs> Yeah, wait, where are you right now in the world? We are in Scottsdale, Arizona now. Okay. Well, yeah. that's that's a good place to be. Is it is it warm there right now? It's actually freezing. Really? It is so cold. And I am from East Lansing, Michigan. And <laughs> my husband is from Stockholm. And so you'd think that we were super used to the cold. And we moved down here now. It'll be two years in July. And this past, actually this past week, we had snow at the top of some of our mountains. Wow. So, Wait, I mean, so how did you guys really meet? For, so we met um, in college. It was actually welcome weekend of my freshman year and he was a sophomore. So we were together all throughout college or at least my college experience. Um, oh. So I think that's why we've, been able to prepare for this next step in our life. So a little easier, I guess, because we've been together our, our entire 20s. I think I was actually 17 when we met. No way. Um, yeah, I was really young going into college. And then I actually ended up getting my bachelor's degree in three years instead of four. Because at the time, you know, you're in a new relationship, you're young. He was a year older than me. And he knew he wanted to go play hockey and I couldn't bear the thought of him leaving me there. Um, And so I maxed out my credits every semester and took a ton of summer courses and we ended up graduating together, um, which was really nice. Oh, that's awesome. So did you guys go to Michigan State? No, actually we went to Northern Michigan. Okay. And he just like randomly came there for co- for college or like was he yeah, playing juniors hockey um okay. so northern michigan i want to say michigan and Notre dame at the time because this was back i want to say his first year of college was 2007 had started going over to sweden to recruit and so they came over actually to sweden and watched him play and gave him an offer to come play college hockey and his parents um, really wanted him to get a degree. So that was the 
route that they wanted him to take instead of going into juniors or I don't know I I mean I think he played juniors obviously in Sweden I I you know but go to the college route (laughs) yeah Um, you have to backtrack a few years you're like wait a second (laughs) I'm like I think he played juniors but then I think you I think he could have continued to play for a little bit um and so yeah they really wanted him to get uh his degree so he came over to northern which I think was a bit of a culture shock right I mean it's in Marquette, Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula, and he's coming from Stockholm. Yeah, I bet. That's uh, like uh, us going over there, right? It's like totally yeah. different and new. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, that's how we ended up meeting. And then I just happened to, I think it's fate now looking back at it, but I just happened to end up at Northern um, because my dad wouldn't let me go to my number one school. I wanted to go to actually Loyola in Chicago. And I had also gotten into uh, Michigan State, but I didn't want to go. I mean, my parents live now, I think two minutes from campus. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, like my dad's definitely that person that would have checked up on me every day. Yeah. And then like, are you drinking? (laughs) He's like waiting outside your dorm room. I know (laughs) he still was to be honest he I mean so he got really into hockey when um I met my husband and I had never I think I had gone to like one hockey game when I was nine and weirdly enough it was a northern Michigan hockey game because we had um, property up in the upper peninsula my entire life and so that was just a fun thing we could do because there wasn't a lot to do up there right Mm -hmm. um but so yeah, he got so into it and he was there, I want to say almost like every home series. People were like, I had no idea you're from Marquette. I'm like, I'm not. It's a seven hour <laughs> drive. <laughs> My dad's just up here every time you can get. So Oh, that's so cute. And like, I'm sure your husband at the time probably loved that your dad was coming and supporting him at the games and stuff like that. Oh yeah. It was really nice. I mean, my whole family is from Michigan think it's just me and my brother that don't live in Michigan anymore um so he I mean they would even come when he was playing in the U.S. and do road trips to go watch him play so you know just his family isn't here so I think it was really nice that um he had my family his whole career supporting him that could be there to watch the games in person yeah definitely so I realized I didn't even introduce you yet on the podcast. We just like started talking. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, wait, tell me more about how you met him. But I yeah. love this topic idea because I think like thinking about post hockey for wives and for players can be a really daunting, just totally overwhelming thing to think about. So I'm really excited to just chat with you and kind of have you share your story and how you've navigated that next step of your life. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am (laughs) so excited to talk about this topic. Yeah. So kind of got the backstory on how you guys met, but what are you up to now? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I am a corporate attorney. I work for a public smart traffic solutions company. And my I've always been in the corporate world and um, my focus after going to law school was always going to be corporate law. Um, so I did work for the federal government for a year and then um, have worked for various companies. 
And then my husband is now in medical device sales. And he is, he just got promoted from associate sales rep to sales rep last week. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats to him. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what he decided to do after he retired last in actually 2019. Okay. So, and then you guys kind of played all over. So you played in the ECHL, the AHL, and then you ended the career in the DEL. Yes. And then actually my husband's first year was in Sweden. What league was he in? um, He was in the second league. I don't know. It was for Sortitalia. You forget that he, since I think was his first year pro and it was, he was living, you know, back home. It almost felt like he wasn't playing. I don't know how to describe it. (laughs) Forget he played there. I think it was a 40 minute drive from Stockholm, which is one of the reasons he ended up signing there. Mm. So he actually was able to live in Stockholm. Oh, um, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect for him because he had been away for four years at that point. And so he was able to come back and, you know, it was really just be with his friends. And it was a little bit different experience um, that year than any other year because you know, usually you only have your teammates that, you know, and everything's new. Right. And for him, it was just moving back home. Like he wanted to hang out with his best friends (laughs) from, (laughs) you know, when he was growing up. And so Mm -hmm. it was, it was a little bit different, but really fun. So when you guys were still like in the hockey world, like before he retired, when you guys thought about retirement before you actually started planning for it, was that something that was stressful for you? Yes. I mean, (laughs) so my personality, I'm always stressed about everything and anything. And so retirement was, was no different, but I think it's, um, it's probably one of the reasons that I became a lawyer. So I'm paid to think of the worst case scenarios and then how to solve those worst case scenarios. So it's really not an issue. And so Mm -hmm. I approached his retirement just like that. And so while it wasn't completely stress-free, I think the amount of planning we did not only helped him, I mean, he's, he's not as stressed as me (laughs) in anything. I'm Mm -hmm. definitely the one that's always, um, anxiety ridden (laughs) and constantly like, no, that can't happen. This is going to be bad. And he's more go with the flow. Everything will work out. But I do think that with hockey, and it's something that no one wants to dwell on, but it can be over in a minute. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone can go to practice and just never be able to play again because of a hit. I mean, it's just, it's one of the negative sides of the game. And, you know, something that I I think as us hockey wives and, and players, especially, they don't want to think about because that's a horrible thought. Right. Um, but I think having that game plan of if this happens, we're okay, makes it a little less stressful. And so I think that is why I was, I guess why I really pushed him to start preparing for his retirement really early on. I mean, I think his first internship was after his first year pro. And I want to say he played for like eight years. Wow. So So what was his first internship? It was actually in finance. Um, I think 
like an account manager position. I am not really sure. I feel like that was a million years ago, um, but it was in finance in Stockholm. Actually that year, because he was playing in Sweden, he didn't have a visa to come back after that year of playing to the US. So he decided to stay and do this finance internship. And trust me, it was not glamorous <laughs> at all. Mm -hmm. um, it was a bunch of cold calling. It was his first internship. And I, I think internships are such a, a great thing because you can weed out what you don't want to do. For um, sure. I think, and I mean, this is just from talking to friends that have also retired when you retire, your lifestyle changes so drastically. Um, I mean, for in so many ways, obviously you're done with hockey. Um, you know, that sense of community. I know a lot of people miss. Um, and also in hockey, you have a lot of free time. Um, and I should preface this by saying that we do not have kids yet. So, you know, people with children are going to have a lot less free time than people without kids and who aren't working. But I do think hockey, I mean, I know my husband most of the time was home at like noon. Lucky um, you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. My husband comes home at like 3.30 PM. I swear. I'm just like, oh my oh, God, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> but anyways, no. Yeah. That's nice that he came home at noon. He got, you got a good one. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I honestly, at that point, I wasn't paying attention, but you know, it's very early, like around lunchtime. Um, and so I think switching to a nine to five, if, mm -hmm. I mean, and obviously there's a lot of jobs that have flexibility, so you don't feel that nine to five grind. Um, but I think that's a hard adjustment for a lot of people. And I, I completely understand that if, if that's not something that you're used to. And if you're, um, if you don't love your job, nine to five is going to feel really daunting, especially if you're at a desk and you're not moving around and you don't love your work. Um, it's going to be really difficult. And so I think narrowing down the career path you want to go into, um, internships is a really great way to do that because they do give you that nine to five experience to say, do I really love doing this all day? I mean, I didn't go to law school until I had an internship. I mm -hmm. didn't even apply. So I was actually pre-med when I started um, undergrad and I blame that um, mostly on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> uh, I was, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, I still love that show. And, um, my parents, my, actually my whole family is in the medical industry. And so that just seemed like a great career path for me. And I got a year and a half into it and thought really to myself, like, what am I doing? Like, I don't think that this is the right path for me. I realized very quickly when my husband would come home injured or he'd have stitches or he'd be bleeding everywhere. I'm like, I, what am, I can't even handle this. Like I cannot become a doctor. Um, and so I, you know, I ended up graduating with a psychology degree and a biology minor, uh, mostly because I just loved the psychology courses I had taken and I had a biology, I had enough credits for biology minor just for my pre-med. 
So when I was thinking about applying to law school, for me, it was really important to have an internship because I didn't want to spend three miserable years in law school and then take the bar exam if I didn't really love what I was doing. And so the year actually my husband was playing in Sweden, I um, was able to get a internship at an international law firm in Stockholm for a couple of months. And awesome. I went in there every day, nine to five. And was it I'm paid like, or unpaid? It was unpaid. And I mean, at the time it worked perfectly because I wasn't allowed to legally work in Sweden. Mm -hmm. So it was just a student experience. So I was just able to go in there. They gave me an office. It's actually still the nicest office I've ever had. I feel like I, I've done quite a few internships back in the day before I met my husband, just like throughout college and a little bit after college. Um, but I feel like at the time it's hard if it is unpaid to want to show up and do that because you're like, wow, this is so time consuming. Yes. I'm basically like assisting this person or like, <laughs> you know, you're kind of like doing everything that people are asking of you and it can get really heavy because you're not getting paid. And that's like the thing about a job is you're getting rewarded with the money. So it encourages yes. you to do the work. But I think looking back at those internships that I did do, it's helped me get to like the point that I am now, like I have more experience doing those things. And even though I'm not working right now, I have that on my resume so that I have that experience, like if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but it, yeah. it is hard though, to want to go do that because it's not paid. Exactly. No, I completely agree. I mean, to sound cliche, they pay you an experience. Totally. Um, and you know, they're giving you the gift of being able to boost your resume, which for my husband, uh, that was incredibly helpful in his job search. I mean, I can tell you from my experience with unpaid because I did have, I had a couple unpaid internships for in legal and I, and I had paid internships as well. And the unpaid never bothered me. And I don't think it ever bothered my husband just because we knew how important it was to get that experience because mm -hmm. it's also easier to get a paid internship if you've had unpaid experience. Right? True. So it's, it's, it's difficult to get your foot in the door to get into those opportunities. I mean, even internships are competitive and paid internships are extremely competitive. I remember in law school, um, you know, after in the summers, you were supposed to do internships. That's what employers would look like, what look at after you graduated. And those really great paying internships were just as competitive as a job. Mm-hmm. So you needed to have experience in the past um, with either other internships or um, other work experience. And so I also think too, um, and I'm always that let's look at the bright side kind of person, or um, I think unpaid internships also help you weed out really fast what areas of work you don't want to work in. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not saying you're going to love something and want to work for free. And I mean, that's never, I mean, no one wants to work for free. Right. But, um, for example, when I did my first legal internship and I wasn't getting paid, I loved it. I mean, I was the last one out of there a lot of days. 
I really, really enjoyed it. And so I knew to, I, you know, I, I knew at that point, I'm like, if, when, if I got paid for this, this would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so I ended up, you know, it was at that moment that I was like, all right, law school is for me. And I feel comfortable with the decision I made. And so for my husband, he had internships in marketing and sales um, and finance. And so he was able to really weed out what areas he wanted to focus on. And um, I think initially he always thought he would go into finance. And I actually was the one, I think that pushed him for a while to go into sales. And um, I mean, and then by the time he retired, he really, I mean, his end goal was to be in medical device sales, which I think um, is an extremely popular career path for um, ex-professional athletes. Yeah, uh, it, but it is a very competitive field because you also um, are competing with a lot of ex um, collegiate players, and a lot of uh, my husband's—they call them teammates—that um, <laughs> he works for. So yeah, I mean, we're still saying teammates even after he retired. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, all played at some level. Um, they were college football players, and actually. They, he, they just hired another hockey player. I want to say three or four months after my husband, um, that we randomly, I mean, you know, the hockey world is so small, right? So, um, yeah, he, I like knew, um, his aunt, but they kind of knew each other from hockey. And so he was able to reach out to my husband and say, Hey, I I'm moving to Arizona. And I saw this job position was open and mm-hmm. we put in a good word for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good point that it helps weed things out because a lot of guys, like a lot of our husbands, boyfriends, like their whole life has revolved around hockey. Like they've never worked a different job. And Mm -hmm. so I think something like for my husband is he, he's really interested in real estate. Like that's something that he really is drawn to, but he's like, I don't know, like, like he's, he has his real estate license, but he doesn't know how to like, I guess, step into that role and like get that confidence. And I mean, everybody has to start somewhere, but Mm -hmm. it is hard because I think so many of them like don't really know where to start, don't really know what to do. And same goes for wives, right? Like I haven't worked in so long that I'm like, where, like, where, where do I start? Like, what am I passionate about? And it can be kind of overwhelming when you're looking for things online, like different jobs and stuff. So I think that is a good tip to get an internship and like build up your resume but for people that don't know where to start do you have any advice for them of like how to narrow down maybe what internships to look for in certain situations like that try to think of what you're passionate about and what internship would match up I I do have to say that teams I mean it depends it's a little different if you're playing in the U.S. um rather than Europe, because just the language barriers, if you don't speak that specific um, language that in the country you're playing in. But I think, at least from our experience, uh, my husband's been able to find a lot of internships through the team and actually through um, fans that are really, uh, you know, that are really involved in the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he was playing in Texas, I mean, they had a lot of, I mean, he has actually he still talks to a lot of people he met through that team um, and has a lot of mentors from that. 
And fans will help you and they'll give you that um, mentor mentee relationship. I mean, I think that is a great place to start. I, you know, I don't know, every team is probably going to be different, but I do know a lot of the teams that my husband has played on um, do understand that this is a stepping stone, you know, in your life. Hockey is, is not going to be your final job. And so they're really helpful about finding internships. I know a lot of teams have firefighting um, internships, which I know is a really popular career path um, for hockey players. And I will reiterate, I think becoming an EMT and then a paramedic and then a firefighter is a, I mean, if, if your husband um, or, you know, boyfriend or fiance just can't fathom being at a desk, I think that is an amazing career path. And my dad actually owns a private ambulance company. So I'm very familiar with that lifestyle and it's mm-hmm. a great career path. Um, yeah, it's so but I physical. do know a lot of, yeah, very physical. And then, you know, I think you're like 48 on 48 off or 24 on or something like that. Um, and so, and then, you know, you're at the base and you're playing video games with the guys until you get a call and, um, or the girl, you know, and so it, it's a little bit more of a family atmosphere because of the way you're working. Um, and so I, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a big shortage of paramedics right now. So it's a great career path to go into just a little side note. Yeah. that's, that's In the U S at least, I don't know Canada, but, um, I do know. And a lot of times you, you know, you fire to get into a fire department is very competitive. So you have to become a paramedic first in a lot of um, areas. And so, um, it's, that's a, that's a good thing to think about, but, um, I do think starting with a team and even in Europe, just asking, Hey, can, can I help you guys do something? Yeah. You know, can I, can I help, let me help you with a specific project? I, I think what was really stood out on my husband's resume. And I, I do want to point this out because he gets messages all the time, not only from hockey players, but just people in general through LinkedIn, um, that see that he's in a specific position and, um, you know, want to know how to be a competitive in that field. And during the interview process, because his interview was, oh my goodness, like, oh, I think it, he had nine interviews. And I mean, some of them were day, like a whole day. Wow. Um, and it's, yeah, I think he started interviewing maybe at the end of June. He actually started while we were still in Germany. So did you, you guys retired this past year? In 2019. Okay. So I've always told my husband, his timing with hockey has been horrible <laughs> his whole career. And I'm like, I don't know how you picked the best time to retire. Cause my heart goes out to everyone that's had to deal with finding a job or retiring in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, because I do know, you know, it was, it was very hard last March through probably, you know, the end of the year to find jobs. Cause a lot of companies had hiring freezes. I agree. Like I can't imagine either a being forced into retirement because of COVID and like, maybe they're not being enough jobs available, mm-hmm. you know, and then just like basically having something that you've done your whole life come to like a sharp halt and then not, ha- not really knowing what to do. Like that would be so hard or not even having that many options because of COVID. It's just, it's been such a, 
you know, a terrible situation for so many people. And like I said, my heart goes out to anyone that's listening, that's life has been, you know, deeply affected by this pandemic. But, um, I, I, the one positive that I think is going to come out of this, and I already see it coming out of this is, you know, as for us, for the spouses trailing, you know, our boyfriends and our husbands and, I, I think you've seen probably on Facebook, on the Facebook group all the time about trying to find jobs that were remote and there just hadn't been a lot of those. And I think you're going to see in the next, well, I think you're already seeing and will continue to see more jobs that are going to be remote. So I think the opportunities that are going to open up for hockey wives to be able to continue their career, even, um, while following their, um, significant others. I think that's going to, it's going to be a big difference than pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I do think that's one of the really great, I mean, probably the only good thing, right, to come out of this. Um, but I do think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I totally agree. Because I think businesses are realizing, oh, we actually don't need these people here all day. Mm-hmm. And they can get as much done as if they were at home doing yeah. it at their own pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, completely. I mean, I have been, um, you know, remote since since March. And gosh, it's almost been a year. And, uh, you know, my position, I, I work with people in every different department. So it's it's very easy for me to have gone remote. But um, I do think, yeah, companies are, are looking at the costs that they're incurring from um, their offices. And I mean, my brother and his girlfriend work in Austin and I know they've been told that not even to think about coming back into the office until 2022. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind I, of amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that you're going to see a shift and a lot of employers now are, are going to look for talent. Um, instead of maybe you're just located in the right place. And so mm-hmm. you still need to get that experience and, and build your resume. But I, I think it's going to be a great opportunity because especially if you're living in the U.S. Um, and you're just moving around to different states, employers aren't usually going to care. Maybe a specific employer will because of tax reasons. And I'm not sure how that all works. But um, I, I do think that a lot of um, women are going to be able to continue their careers in a way that maybe two years ago they couldn't. Yeah. So I know you mentioned this beforehand, and there was also a question about this, but how would you deal with those gaps in unemployment on your resume? Oh, I like this question because I just saw it on the Facebook group. Um, So how I've always dealt with gaps and and this is just me personally. And I do want to say, oh, I have to be a lawyer for five seconds. <laughs> that um, that nothing that I'm saying reflects the opinions of my company or my husband's company. But when it comes to building our resumes, um, for me, I knew there's always going to be little gaps here and there. I tried really hard to make sure that didn't happen. Um, and so for me, it, I, am going to be just completely honest. I don't have a lot of gaps in it, but I do know from experience and in multiple interviews that if you have the experience, um, and you have that prior work history, um, albeit 
you know, two, three years ago. Um, I don't, I really think if you're just honest and you're to the point and you make it a conversation piece and, you know, living abroad or just living in different cities every year, this skill set that you acquire because of that, employers really value. They value um, someone that's adaptable. They value someone that's going to go out and just, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we don't, we're kind of used to it now in the hockey world, right? Or just going and moving to Europe. Like, mm-hmm. I think my husband and I, when we moved to Germany, I always said, I will never go with you to Europe to play because of my career, but <laughs> there we go. The, you know, we went, yeah. um, you know, for me, I, I remember I was working at the time and I went to put in my notice and I was like, we're moving to Europe, uh, in three days. They're like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to move. Like, you know, we stuffed full our cars and we actually just left them at some like U-Haul place for the year and didn't know when we were going to come back. And, you know, to us, that's normal because we hear about it all the time. Right. And, but to an employer, it's scary. Um, it's a scary thing to do. And it, it takes a lot of courage to pack up your life and move to another country. And I really think that's such a great thing to show an employer I do have to say that I think what's more important than even addressing gaps in your employment is if you are saying, oh, I, um, you know, I had to take time off because I had a baby or, you know, I was following um, my husband around for his career is just to make that employer know that, you know, you're ready to work now and you don't have any plans on leaving. Your husband isn't going to, you know, unretire or, um, you know, companies, especially now, don't want to put the resources into training someone that's just going to leave. And so I think addressing that and being proactive before anything else and saying, you know, I, I'm ready to work now. Um, we're settled down. This is our forever home uh, is very important. And I actually, my advisor in law school told me, and she wasn't completely right about this, that I would always have trouble um, getting employers to really consider hiring me because of, I wanted to follow my husband. And to be honest, I didn't find that to be true. I really didn't. I, you know, I made sure to keep up my resume. I did everything I could um, to get the jobs that, you know, were available to me in um, the area of corporate law even when my husband was playing or when we were moving around, I mean, there's obviously months where I wasn't working because we were just, you know, transitioning to a new place. Um, But I I just think being honest, I I, I actually don't think it's a, it's a negative. I think you can really turn it into a positive. And I think that's what you should do. I think you should approach it by saying, this isn't a negative on my resume. This is a positive thing. Yeah, like, I, love I was that. able to get this skill set because of, you know, the direction our family decided to take for this period of time. Um, and I think if you tell yourself that it's also going to come across in an interview and you're going to be really confident in saying, look at what I bring to the table that I can guarantee you that inter- that employee you just interviewed didn't. Mm hmm. You're like, look, I lived abroad and <laughs> I didn't know anyone and I moved there look how strong I am. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think, um, 
just being able to get along with a new group of people every year too. I mean, we all know have those or know those coworkers. I'm really thankful. I love my coworkers where I'm at. But you know, companies want to hire people they want to work with. For sure. It's so much about like pers like I think it is I mean, obviously like people want to hire people with experience, but at the end of the day, it's like who you're around. Like they want to mm -hmm. hire someone that has a good personality that gets along with people, but also can get shit done. So it's like, exactly. there's a balance. It's not all about your resume. So I think if you, like you said, I love how you mentioned to make it into a positive, just the whole experience. And then instead of kind of like hiding behind it and being like, yeah, like I know. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think like you had a very specific career path, like after you decided that you wanted to be a lawyer. So maybe that was like, would you say it was like easier for you to find internships? I'm like tripping around this, like, I'm not sure how to word this question, but I think what a lot of people struggle with is that they don't know what they want to do. So they don't know how to yeah. get started. And that's like the, the thing it's like, you, you have to think about like what you're passionate about and what you like, but I feel like for me personally, like I am such a procrastinator on figuring mm -hmm. out what I want to do because I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out when the time comes. But that's probably yeah. like the worst thing to do is wait <laughs> until you're completely retired and then you're both just like out of work. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, so my advice on that is, and it's, it might not be great advice, right? It's just to start. I mean, you have to start somewhere and, you know, just like with my husband's internships, he just, he, he just started with what he found and, um, he was able to narrow it down from there at, at some point you just have to pick something and say, all right, let me try this and then work from there. See what areas of that internship or what areas of that career path you loved. And if there was something that you really didn't like, okay, think about, well, what career path has similar traits, but it, it might not be, um, you know, as involved with, you know, face-to-face -face, uh, mm -hmm. client meetings or, or um, I don't want to be on the phone all the time, or I want to be on my feet. I mean, I think just starting at a specific place um, is really important. And I, I do want to point out, because I know that that Facebook group, we always are talking about resumes and I am no expert in how to draft a resume. I mean, my resume is going to look completely different because of my career path and, and kind of the choices I've made. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people that are experts, um, in drafting resumes that, you know, would be really great to reach out to, but my husband has one, well, I shouldn't say one line. He has three lines about hockey on his resume. Is it, it. So, so that's not a lot or no, is it a lot? It's okay. not a lot. He has one. Yeah. So his like previous, but his like last job, well now it, now he has his current job. What is, he says, I think it's something like professional hockey player from 2011 to 2019. And then he, he lists the cities and then he put three bullet points about how being a hockey player would help him in the corporate world. Every other entry on his resume is an internship and it takes up a whole page. Wow. So when employers see that, they see, wow, he was a hockey player. We see that right off the bat, right? But then we see that he, while playing hockey, 
has done all of these other things. And for him, that made a huge difference. And if you have that internship experience, even if you're, even if you hate one of those internships, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's experience you can put on your resume. You can use it to find what you really love. Um, but it also shows an employer that you've tried everything. I mean, if I was an employer, I would want to hire someone that has tried a bunch of things Yeah, and then has picked, this is really what I want to do. And I'm committed to you and I'm not going to start this job and hate it after six months. Exactly. And like the job that you might start off doing, it doesn't have to be your dream job. Like it's not an all or nothing, you know, you can always, mm-hmm. if you don't like it, you leave, you try something else. Exactly. Like it could be a totally different field. And then eventually I believe as well that it will get you into the direction that you want to be in. For sure. I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, I can't remember the specific stat and they said it, this was like years ago when I was in law school. Um, but we had a seminar on career planning and the number of uh, millennials specifically times that we changed jobs, it would, that they had predicted over our lifetime was crazy. Like, I want to say it was like 24 and people were like, no way. Like, this is insane. Like, there's no way I would do that. (laughs) Um, And now thinking about it, I just turned 30 and I'm like, wow, I've had a lot of jobs. I mean, now I expect (laughs) to stay at my job for as long as they'll have me. I love it. But, um, you know, because of the lifestyle and because, um, you know, I was working in the States he was playing in. I mean, when he retired, we finally were able to pick a place that we wanted to live forever. Um, But yeah, I, I think, you know, you don't have to find that perfect job right out of the gate. Now, what I will say that helped us is because we planned for so long and, and why I think that our retirement was, was I'm not going to say, I don't want to say it was easy and stress-free, but to be honest, it, it was probably as easy and stress-free as we could have possibly imagined it going, mm-hmm. um, is that we planned financially for it for years. And so when he retired, um, and we were kind of on the fence that whole season, um, <laughs> And, you know, at the end of the day, like I didn't want to stay in Germany. Um, I just, it just, to me, I I didn't want to, I just didn't want to continue there anymore. And um, my husband just, he was, he really was ready to start that next step in his life. So that's what we decided on um, doing, but we wanted to have enough reserve where he didn't have to take the first job he was offered. Um, And I think that made a huge difference when he retired, he began actually, well, when we had sat down and said, okay, this is, we're both in agreement. You, you want to be done. I was, I never wanted to push him to retire. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, I didn't want him to ever resent me. Um, But I think honestly, because he's one of those guys that have always been like, Andrea, the moment you say, I want you to be done, I'll quit like that minute. And I'm like, I would never do that to you. I feel like that's why you're telling me this. Um, because I never want, I never wanted him to be like, what if I played another year? I never wanted him to ever have that opportunity to blame me. And I should say, we're very thankful that we were able to end it on our own accord. He wasn't injured and he wasn't forced into, you know, retirement. But I do have to say that planning 
made that those worries, like I said before, about getting injured a lot less. Cause we're like, well, if that happens, we're, we're prepared. Yeah. We're ready to go. Um, what are some ways that you were able to plan financially for that? So, you know, I've, obviously I have been working. Um, and so that has been helpful, um, for sure to have two incomes and, you know, we didn't have kids, but my husband, so I'd say it was probably six or seven years ago and we are by no means financial planning experts, but he read all the books you could. Um, I think one was like rich dad, poor dad, millionaire next door, which, um, millionaire next door, I think has been out like 30 or 40 years. Um, and that's, it's something my dad has always sworn by and told us to read since I was literally like eight years old. Um, I'm like money, what's that? Uh, he was like, read this book. And so, so what we did is we kind of picked and choose things that resonated with us. And I think, you know, retirement and financial planning is not a one size fits all kind of deal. Um, I think, you know, for us, we always wanted to be happy, but saving for the future. So we felt really great. My husband, I can tell you while he was playing hockey and his old teammates can attest to this was so cheap. I mean, (laughs) he pre-made his meals when he was playing in the U.S. because they had a little fridge on the bus. He would pre-make meals and then he would buy snacks so he could save his per diem money. (laughs) He's a smart guy. (laughs) And yeah, and I mean, and so it was not a lot, but he would, it was like a game on how much money he could save. And I think that's why it's probably was so easy for us is because my husband literally viewed it as a game. Like he was obsessed. Like if he could save like a dollar, he was going to do it. Yeah. Um, Like I'm not allowed to go to the grocery store. (laughs) because I don't look at like, I'm that person that I just throw everything into my cart and I'll come home. My husband's like, how much was that? I was like, I don't know. Like I didn't look literally the same way. I just grab stuff off like the shelves and my husband will be like, that's $15 for like like, five granola bars. I'm like, Oh, like, I didn't even see that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't look, I'm like, I'm assuming it's not a thousand dollars in here. So, you know, (laughs) if if we get to the cash register and something seems really off. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. I feel like a lot of guys are good at saving money where like the girls are more spenders. I mean, I don't know. I'm I guess I shouldn't make that like accusation, but it's, that's how I am. Okay. I'm going to say something. It might not be a popular opinion. Um, (laughs) so, and, and this isn't on all teams, but definitely there's some teams where the keeping up with the Joneses is, uh, for sure a mentality it's, Oh, that girl got that purse. I need to go get that purse. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. If you love that purse, if you see that girl's purse, you're like, oh my God, I love this. And go get it. Like for sure. Like I'm, my husband and I are all about, like, we will be so cheap about some things. And like I said, like my husband was like saving like his little per diem money on the road, but he always drove really nice cars. He's always been into cars. So like for us, like, you know, we, we spend where it is important to us and we don't spend in other areas. Like I really love shoes and purses, but my closet is like my best friend went through it the other day and she, she, she's very into fashion. And, um, she's like, what? Like, no, like, you have to, like what? She's like, you a have no clothes. And 
some of these I can tell are like 10 years old. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, especially now I don't leave my house. I just am not a shopper and I, I don't enjoy it. So, you know, I think it's, it's spending money on what you want, but I, I definitely think the hockey lifestyle, you can get caught up in kind of a competition. And I don't know if you've ever been on a team like that. I, you know what? I haven't really, but I do know what you're talking about. Like I've, I've witnessed it in like other instances of my life, like outside of hockey, but for the most part, the teams I've been on haven't been like that. But yeah, I, it's like, I do know what you mean. Like with like the competitive factor, oh, well they have this. So I need to like get it or do one up or like people that are one uppers. It's like, just, oh, for sure. Just do what you want. Like if you don't need that, don't buy it. Just like a waste of space. Yeah you never know if hockey is going to work out. And, and that's why I also think too, like when people approach their off season, it's, I I was just talking about this to one of my friends last week and you know, she had a good point. The off season should not be your off season. The off season should be your grind time to work on your resume, unless, you know, you're, you know, you're in a league where you're making so much money. You don't have to think about life after retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think hockey, we all make retirement is, is going to be different for everyone because depending upon exactly what league you're in and how long you've been in that league and what your contracts have been, the salary can be, I mean, you know, it can be millions of dollars and like nothing that, you know, not a lot. Right. So I, I think just living below your means, I mean, we've always lived below our means and and really saved. And, and I think what made, um, that transition easier for doing that. And, and I'll just give you a couple of examples of if we hadn't have done this, what would have happened? So my husband, he decided to retire that summer and he started interviewing before we actually even flew to the U S. So when we actually got to Scottsdale, he had several final interviews with companies and he had a couple job offers. And when you get a job offer, you can't say, you know, you can try to stall it and, you know, please give me a couple of weeks to think about this. But at the end of the day, they're not going to wait for a month for you to, you know, decide if you want to get this job. And at that time he was interviewing for his current position and um, the company he works for, I think they're like, <laughs> we Googled it when he was in the midst of interviewing it. They were like the number five the, in the country hardest interviews process. Wow. Like he had to take personality psych test. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. Um, and so he was only halfway through that process. And so we were really scared to turn down a really great job offer. And then what if he didn't get this job? Mm-hmm. And so, and it would have been such a shame if we were so scared of, you know, that we weren't financially stable to make it six months or a year. I mean, so for us, we saved and, and every person is going to be different, but for us, we saved for at least a year. If we both didn't get jobs, which would have never happened. Right. I mean, I would have worked anywhere <laughs> after yeah. three months, but, um, it just gave us peace of mind to wait out, to get the, to get our dream jobs. And we were both really lucky and we're able, I mean, we both actually started our jobs within September and then we moved here in July. But, um, you know, if, if we hadn't done that, he might've taken that first job and I know he wouldn't have been as happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You're getting me thinking too. It's like, I feel like, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I think the off season 
so far, like we've had that mentality up until the last couple of years, because obviously like we just had a baby. So it kind of gets yeah. starting to think about, okay, we need to figure, figure this out. Right. But like it, we're, it's the summer. Oh, we get to relax I because know. the year is so stressful, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that's such like short-term thinking where I feel like you have to look at the overall picture and be like, okay, this might not really be how I want to spend my off season, but I yeah. know that by doing this, I'm setting myself up for like the future to be prepared, you know, when the time does come to retire or like if one of us can't find a job mm-hmm. right away, like at least the other one might, you know, and so it's just like this kind of like give or take that you have to figure out, but yeah, you're, you're getting me thinking. I'm like, okay, we have to start, <laughs> we have to start figuring this well, stuff out. What, I mean, I knew this kind of going into retirement, but I, to be honest, not to, to the extent, but you also have to think too about if, you know, we decided to move to a new area, um, even renting. And I mean, buying was out of the question when he retired because we didn't have, um, set incomes, but, you know, even renting, we had to show our savings account to our landlord to let them, you know, because at the time we were in a transition period and, Mm -hmm. um, we were able to rent the house we wanted to, but I mean, if, if we, you know, they knew we were moving from Germany, you know, our, our, his previous pay stubs that they requested were in Germany. (laughs) So I think, you know, they could put two and two together and say, ah, you're probably still not going to get paid from that team. Um, what else can you show us? to that, you know, you, we know you can pay your rent. Um, so, and, and that's something we've always had to think about because, um, you know, I mean, obviously if you have a co-signer, that's great. That's, that's just something that, you know, um, and I, I'm glad my parents told me, you know, well in advance, that would never be an option for us. So, you know, that's something to think about too, um, to plan in order to pay more cash up front. Um, if you know, when you're planning to retire and, and settle down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's really great that you guys, you know, really looked at all of this and looked at that big picture because you really set your guys, you, you set yourself up for success that way. And I think that it probably made that transition into retirement so much easier than not having a plan, which I think and also if you're listening to like, if you don't have a plan or like you're, you just retired, that's, that's normal too. Like, you know, like we're not always thinking in that big picture, but also this, like speaking to you can help other people start kind of figuring out, okay, like, yeah, we need mm-hmm. to start doing this too. Right. You know, cause it's easy yeah. to forget that it can be over in an instant. Yeah. And it's, and it's never too late to start. Um, you know, we just happened to start earlier and, and, and that's what worked for us. But I mean, if, if you think you're only a year out from retirement and, and you're listening to this and <laughs> you know, I don't want anyone to panic and Dry be like, into a a year, you know, <laughs> like, no, just, just start. I mean, that's just, I think my biggest advice is just to start and, um, and, and really find what you're passionate about. I do think too, um, that I did want to touch on is, I know when people are going overseas and, it, and it's harder to get a job um, or even in the U.S. with moving around so much, I think starting your own business is also, I mean, I know a lot of hockey wives have done that. Um, 
I had just such great resume experience too. I mean, um, I just started my own company in, oh gosh, it was last July. And there are, I mean, I work for big corporations. So it, it was, it was a lot different than, than that. And, you know, it's something I say I'm moonlighting. So I'm doing it at night and it's very small because I, I mean, I don't have a ton of time. Um, but the experience I've gotten from that, I feel like has made me even a better worker in my current job. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm learning so much. And I think that being able to put that on your resume, because I know one of the questions you had sent me had had kind of do with something with starting your own business, especially now, um, you know, and, and see where that leads you and, and just pick something you're really passionate about. I mean, I am super creative. I love being creative. And I my, my day job is not extremely creative. My boss will disagree with me and say, <laughs> you can, you know, you can uh, be creative in your drafting of this contract. I'm like, that's not really the same thing. <laughs> um, so this was able to kind of give me the best of both worlds. And so it's just been a fun hobby of mine because I feel like um, I'm, you know, able to supplement that with, uh, with what I love doing during the day. And, and I can also be creative. Yeah. Um, and you're, so, and it's, remind me of the um, Instagram name so people can follow oh, yeah. it. Desert Rose Crystal Co. Yeah. And so, we, we did a giveaway with you. Yeah. So gosh, and I'm like into crystals. I, are you? That. Yeah. I'm like learning more and more about it. My sister-in-law is really into it. So I'm always like, what does this mean? <laughs> like I ask her a million questions, but yeah, I, I'm starting to get into them. I, I have, I have a few around my apartment right now too. <laughs> so actually how I got into it and, um, is every time, you know, we're moving all the time, right. In hockey and, uh, you can't move a lot of stuff with you. <laughs> and so every probably probably like five years ago, every city that I'd see a crystal shop in, I would buy a crystal. And so I have crystals from all over the US and um, in Europe. That's so cool. And so I have that in my personal collection. So for anyone that's kind of, you know, into crystals too, and still in this lifestyle, that's a really fun thing to do too, is to, um, Oh, sorry. Our pool guys here um, is to collect um, is to, you know, collect different things like that in other states, but um, in countries, but yeah, That's for amazing. me, it's, um, it's been a really fun thing. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like, I get to shop and I get to put whatever I want on my website. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I do. I do think you know, now doing it. And, um, honestly, one of the other reasons why I started this business is eventually, and I mean, this is no time soon, but I've always been passionate about helping other women create their own businesses. And, you know, I've always come in after everything's created, right. After the L you know, it's incorporated, um, you know, after it's all set up, you know, these, these very large companies. And so this was fun to do from the ground up you know, how to get my resale, um, license and, and things like that. Um, just in case one day I, I would really like to help other women, you know, create their own businesses. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I do think that's great resume experience and it shows 
an entrepreneurship spirit that not a lot, everyone has. I mean, um, you know, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs. I really, I, I love working for a corporation. Um, and you know, there's, there's some people that, that, you know, I know have told me, especially in the hockey world, I don't ever want to work for someone else. I want to work for myself. Well, that's great too. Um, you know, just, just start and, and see where it leads you. Yeah. And you find that out by doing several jobs, right? Like I think I'm one of those people, whereas I do like that atmosphere of working with other people. Like, obviously I really like the sense of like community. I mean, you can probably guess that from the podcast, but you know, like I've had jobs at like Lululemon and stuff like that, um, where I do like being around like-minded people, but then I've kind of figured out why do I keep not enjoying these jobs? Mm -hmm. And I think it was because I don't like always having to be told what to do by other people. Like, Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? I want to be that person. That's like, can you do this? Can you do that? You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I've worked so many different jobs. And so I think that finding that out is because I've had such a variety that I'm like, okay, this is the, this is the common denominator here. So like, I need to pick what I like from these jobs, apply it to something that I want to do for myself. I don't know. I'm kind of like talking in circles here, but yeah, yeah, I think everybody's different. Like some people do really like corporate and some people totally dislike it and that's fine. Yeah. And I mean, and also, you know, it it depends on corporate culture. I mean, it can, it can really vary from, from company to company. So if you've had just one corporate job and, and you know, you, you don't think it's for you because of the culture, I, you know, I would suggest trying out something else, you know, and not writing off the corporate world just in general, because it really can vary from mm-hmm. um, company to company and, um, or maybe, you know, you can find a company that aligns with your specific values. And, um, you know, I, I mean, and for you, Devin, I mean, your resume is going to look awesome, especially oh, with everything <laughs> you you're doing and you've done with this um, podcast. And now you're going to do the retreat. I mean, um, you know, like you were able to, essentially make your own niche and, and, and follow, you know, it seems like what exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing, like, as you said that, you know, your passion about crystals, like it didn't start that that wasn't even like on my radar, I guess with this, now that you say that, I mean, it probably would look good, but I really just did it because (laughs) I was passionate about it and because I love doing it. And then now it's like, kind of turning into something I'm like well this Mm -hmm. is awesome but it's interesting how like and and I think that's how it should be I think you should really love what you're doing because that's like your your calling yeah it doesn't feel with it like like a job and it's you know it's really why I think we've been so lucky um you know I definitely was one of those people that were also really worried about retirement on how my hand my husband was going to handle it and you hear a lot of women talking about their significant others not handling retirement well. Um, And I think it's a fear that a lot of us have, or at least I know I had it. And so him being able to find something he loves made so much of a difference. Um, You know, just because, you know, he's excited to go to um, work every day. Mm -hmm. And if you're transitioning out of the hockey lifestyle, where I will say, you know, you have a ton of free time, 
um, to where you don't have any free time at all. I mean, if you love what you're doing, you're not going to think of it as I don't have any time. I mean, last night I was actually drafting a contract at like 1030 at night, not because I had to, I just wanted to, I'm like, I'm at home. I work at home. I'm just going to get this out so that, you know, I don't have to do it first thing in the morning. Um, because I knew we were recording this early. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you just have to find something you love, but I do think that that transition from hockey, it's, it's very hard because all, you know, a lot of these guys have such a crazy amount of free time and then they go into a, I mean, and I'm not talking about the ones with kids because I know that's a job in and of itself, (laughs) Um, you know, but the ones that, you know, that like go home from practice and play video games all day, um, like, you know who you are and uh, (laughs) you have a lot of free time. And I will have to say, I, gosh, this was years ago. I was in law school and funny enough. I mean, so my husband and I got married right before I went to law school. So we were long distance the first three years. And of course, I think every, this happens to everyone, but every time we tried to go and see each other, he was called up or he was sent down Mm because the three years that um, I was in law school, he was up and down a lot. And I remember one year going out for spring break and we were moving to Texas. I am, I was going to take the bar exam in Texas and I had to find an apartment for after we moved. And of course my husband got called up two days before spring break Hmm. to, I think somewhere in New York. So I had to go there and stay in his room with three guys (laughs) and my dog, you know, I brought my dog and I remember at the time it was spring break, but you know, there, I think they thought I would be out of the house, like going and doing fun things. And I were, I worked my last, my three L year, sorry. And, uh, that's your last year in law school. We say one L, two L and three L. Okay. Um, I worked for a company and then I also was going to school. So I remember I was, I was on the couch one day, like writing a paper, doing things for work and they come home and I, I swear it was like 12 o'clock and you know, they're like, Oh, what should we do today? Should we take a nap? <laughs> we, you know, And I remember sitting there and I'm like, guys, just enjoy this time because this is like, you know, you're not going to have this forever. Cause I, at the time was really bitter. Um, and I should, I'll be totally honest. It was totally bitter. (laughs) And, um, a couple or one of the guys, you know, was like, oh yeah, totally. I completely agree. I am soaking up this time. And everyone else kind of laughed. Like they had no idea what I was talking about. Um, I will tell you that guy that knew that, you know, he had a lot of free time is killing it after retirement. And I've noticed that the ones who think that they don't have a lot of free time are really struggling because, you know, if you think you are really busy during hockey, like real life is going to come at you really fast. And, and I don't mean to be offend anyone in that way. It's, it's just a fact, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hockey just has a different, I mean, it has you know, it's very stressful, but not in terms of like the time spent at a rink. Yeah. It's more stressful because of, well, you know, everyone probably listening knows why it's really stressful. That's just Um, the 50 reasons why, (laughs) but the time, the time that you're actually in a specific place isn't, you know, a lot, like you have a lot of extra free time, but a lot of us do have to worry about what jobs we're going to get after, um, 
after we retire because you know it's just the fact of the matter is we're not making enough money to to not work ever again right right <laughs> um so and i know my husband worked odd jobs during his season and i can tell you he did not it did not affect his performance at all and i think actually other guys from the team started doing odd jobs with him <laughs> And everyone was like, you know, make, trying to make, I mean, they did some crazy stuff. Right. And, but for them, it was fun. And it would be like an hour in the afternoon, like one day a week. Like, you know, that's the thing with that. That's the beauty with hockey. You could find someone that lets you work like three hours a week. Yeah. You can put that on your resume. For sure. I think you just have to like do some research, just do some self-reflection and and really figure out, you know, what you can do, what you can squeeze in, what you can manage and also have time for yourself and for, you know, just, you have to figure out what's best for you. Yeah. And everyone's going to be different, but I, I, I do think that almost even if I would suggest in the last like year, if you, if you know, Hey, I'm going to retire, almost make yourself really busy, like yeah. as busy as possible, because then your transition is going to be super I, I, it's, it's going to be easier because the time, you know, like I said, like with my job, I, I don't work 40 hours a week. I work a lot more than 40 hours a week. And, um, you know, but I mean, I'm at a level that that's expected of me, I feel like. And it's, it's just, I think my husband has seen me do that. And I will tell you, you know, when he was doing his internships in the summers, they were full-time internships and he would wake up at, so at that time I was needing to get to work at seven and we had, I had an hour commute each way, which was super fun. And so we were <laughs> both getting up at five 30. I was going to work. He was going to the gym. He would do his cardio part of his, cause he has a specific schedule that he follows that is very rigorous. I think it was, um, tailor made from him when he was back in Sweden by some Olympic coach. And so it was a very rigorous, it wasn't like a, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to say this because I'm, I'm saying it was hard because he did that. And then he went and he did his job, which was full time. And um, then actually at night we would go to the gym together and he would do the cardio section and put me through a workout. <laughs> we, I mean, as you can see, so we were really busy in the off season, but um, you know, doing that, he's not that busy now because he's not working out. <laughs> three yeah. hours a day right. and he's not at the gym. So now, um, you know, it's, it's just a much easier transition. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I mean, if someone wants to reach out, if they have any of these questions about anything that we talked about, where can they find you? Um, or supporting your small business. Yeah. So Desert Rose Crystal Co. Anyone is able to message me there even about, um, anything work-related. Uh, I don't really, I mean, my personal account is private. And um, so I usually just have people that I know on there, like personally, mm -hmm. but also LinkedIn, catch me <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, if you ever want to have a, me you know, message me about that, I, I will say, uh, you know, that's um, LinkedIn is a great way. And sorry, I didn't mention this before, Devin, to find jobs and internships. Yeah. So if sure. you don't have a LinkedIn, get a LinkedIn and um, you can message me on there. <laughs> yeah. Get on so, it guys. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much.